So Thomas Edison didn't fail, you know, 2,000 plus times. He just found 2,000 ways to not make a light bulb. And that's how we roll. We find 2,000 plus ways to not do it. And when we find that one way, we become known for it and our customers appreciate it. And we do what we you know, come here to do every single day. And that's make a lot of noise, turn it up to 11. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today we have Eddie Saunders. He is the director of Demand Gen at Flex. Eddie, welcome to the show. Yo, yo, yo. What's a good word, my man? I love this. Uh, so one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on the show is you have so much energy and passion for this stuff that I kind of felt like my job would be easy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions I have, so, okay, you are, you're marketing in a, in a world of manufacturing, right? Okay. So how, like, where did you learn how to become a marketer and where do you get all this energy and passion? I tell you what, man, I learned from the streets, yo. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of, kind of. Because uh, in all reality, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I spent 10 years in sales prior to actually transitioning into marketing. But a lot of my experience was actually in selling and consulting, uh, marketing and advertising platforms and services and things like that. Um, and then, you know, also my degree. Uh, from the University of Northwestern Ohio, I was also in marketing. So I kind of just took my enthusiasm and all that passion and energy that I've always had. I asked my mom, I've always had it. It's always been there. Uh, obnoxious since day one. Uh, but, but I took a lot of, of that knowledge, that know-how, and honestly, essentially my education, as well as some of the street knowledge that I gained through all of the sales interactions in tandem with, I've read probably 50 plus books on human psychology, uh, just understanding of other individuals, decision-making, process, sales, marketing, branding, um, just a lot of that. So I've really immersed a lot of my growth mentally um, on understanding other human beings. And I think, I don't think I know that having that sales and marketing background kind of gives me two swords to swing yeah. in the conversation. So it's beneficial. It helps a lot. And it, honestly, it gets me to where I am. It keeps me going to where I'm headed. So by, this is interesting. So you, you, cut your teeth per se uh, as like a sales in sales consulting. Do you think that helps you because you know the sales process and like what goes into selling? Does that, does that change your perception of marketing or like does, I mean, 100%. I don't know that you can like change your perception, but it shapes you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it provided me the thing that we all can never get enough of. And that's perspective. In all reality, like it's it's it provided me so much understanding of the customers because in marketing, the biggest mistake a lot of individuals make is they do eye marketing, not the physical eye, but the letter I. Um, and I I speak how I feel. It's interpreted how I think, how I feel. And there's almost zero empathy. It's just product features and benefits that I put on a white paper, and I hope that's attractive to you. But nobody really reverse engineers that decision making process. And there are a few things in this world that will make you more aware and get your hand on the pulse of the standard consumer decision like process than going through a variety of sales transactions both failed and successful so you learn a lot about human beings when your job is to literally communicate with as many of them as deeply as possible so a funny thing happens where you gain empathy and understanding and when you have those two tools at your disposal you can do a lot of good but quote-unquote dangerous things if you will um, in, in the marketing world and I mean that in a good way you can be very strategic you can be very very analytical in your approach, but you do the most powerful thing. And I think that's be empathetic to those who you're trying to talk to in the first place. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I think it's, I think marketing is is starting to get geared more towards that. But I think about I think about manufacturers, manufacturing, you know, manufacturing organizations and all kind of types and sizes. Marketing is feature driven. It's precision. It's quality. Like, how did have you noticed a shift in manufacturing, industrial marketing to to go more of what you're talking about is is more about how how it makes people feel the the empathy, uh, you know, more of that. Have you seen more of that shift in manufacturing industrial? To an extent, because like just just like any other segment of manufacturing, you feel like it's five years behind in a lot of ways. Like it's the dull, dirty, dingy, dark marketing and, and you know, not being an exception uh, to that specific rule. But you're starting to see it a lot more because you're getting people from outside of manufacturing bringing their creativity and their understanding into the industry. And that's a big thing that I'm doing as well. I'm, I'm right. leading the charge, I feel like. And I say that in all humility, but I'm really, whether it's I'm doing all these speaking engagements, you know, uh, these podcast things, whatever it may be in my connections, I'm just trying to put to the forefront, you know, that everyone's kind of been doing it the same way. So if I come in with a little bit of enthusiasm and just bring that empathy to the game, it changes conversations and it allows me to now like tell a story. So instead of throwing features and benefits your specific direction, I get to tell a story to you. Um, and we get to utilize great case studies because every, you know, manufacturer out there has at least one good case study that out there where you can say, Hey, this is a good success from what I've done. Um, but, but to that point, it's been really powerful to be able to have those tools in your back pocket, bring those to the forefront and really challenge the way that marketers in the industrial space have done it, you know, since the beginning of industrial marketing. So I think you're seeing a change in the guard and a shift in the, in the conversation. And I just hope that I can continue to be kind of on the forefront of that. And if not, then cool, then I'll be over here soaking up all the attention. So you mentioned changing of the guard. Is that, is that really, you know, it's, it's evident that there's younger marketers and more emphasis in marketing coming into manufacturing industrial, but is it also a changing of the guard of, of ownership, of leadership in these organizations that see the value of, of you know what you're doing with marketing and, and creating the story and creating these more engaging content. I think it's a mix of that, you know, also some of the new technologies and the the rising of social media, because you're thinking about 10 years ago, socials were a thing, but there weren't, there wasn't really, I guess, as good strategy behind it. There wasn't good data behind it. And so when you're utilizing these things and you bring a more objective conversation, it's different and it's hard for you to ignore it because there are individuals out there who have raw data on their impressions, on their reach. And we have more technology than we've ever had to be able to tie this directly to revenue or earned impressions or other type of metrics and KPIs. So depending on what you're, what's important to you, which goes from that young, newer guard, if you will, to the older individuals who may not have as good of an understanding of it, you have to put your feelings aside because the data is there. And so whether you're slow to adopt it or you're an early adopter, you can't ignore the objective information that's in front of you. So I think it is a mix of younger individuals, the millennials, AKA my generation coming in 
there, understanding socials, understanding not wanting to be sold, understanding the value of human interaction, and also TikTok showing us that the raw and the real sometimes way better than the scripted yeah. and you know glamorified, if you will, or glitzed and you yeah. know, bedazzled, all that fun stuff. So it's a change in mindset, but I think it's a forcing of it too, because you can't help but notice that there is a change, there's a shift, and even though it's a little bit late, there are individuals like me who are really trying to pull things along and make sure the winds are still blowing in our direction so that we can yeah. kind of get up to speed with the awareness of all the other individuals around the industries. Yeah, I mean, I think of manufacturing marketing 10 plus years ago, and it was probably trade shows, uh, conferences, you know, uh, sales sheets, one sheets. It was, um, you know, like going to facilities, going to mm -hmm. customers, um, having those those sales pitches in person. And it was, that was the metrics. How many doors, how many people did we talk to? How many people came by our booth? How many phone numbers did we get? Or like, how did we uh, direct mail, you know, maybe in some instances, but like how many people did we visit? And it's hard to ignore that on digital properties, the people that are buying have changed. They don't want you to show up on their door unannounced and they're doing more research. So like they're forced to, like you said, forced to change whether they were, you know, whether they're, you know, older, younger, what generation doesn't matter. There's this idea that people are starting to realize that they have to change, that they have to adopt. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like people who loved riding horses, they probably had bad feelings about the car at first. <laughs> but look what happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, there's this quote. Uh, somebody was on my show, like one of the first guests. And he's I like repeat this all the time because I loved it. Uh, just talking about uh, what uh, what Henry Ford said. If if people, you know, if you ask the people what they wanted, they'd say faster horses. It's yes. Like, yes. And, yes! Uh, and like, I love that. It's like. You know, you you uh, you know, people would probably want a faster. Uh, they'd want instead of like new ways to do it, they'd want more salespeople to go door to door uh, versus yeah. finding a better way to do it. Um, okay, so this kind of ties in. This ties in well. Okay, so you, you're 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 bringing this industry with you. Um, whether people want to join you or not, you are you are going out there and doing it. People are seeing it. Um, so what you're doing is pretty awesome. Like you're doing some great, you know, stuff that stuff that you see in uh, unicorn tech brands that have all the money to hire. You know, the marketing teams and agencies. You're doing videos. You're doing podcasts. You're you're like getting yourself out there on social media. Um, how did you get buy-in? Because a lot of a lot of marketers want to do what you're doing. At least they want to do a fraction of what you're doing, but they've got bosses, managers, leadership that's like, that seems like, it doesn't seem like something that would work in manufacturing or that we want to do. How did you, how did this conversation go with your leadership or how did you, was this asking for forgiveness uh, or like, how did you, how did you, how did you get started doing this? Who, who said like, finally said, all right, Eddie, yes, let your personality shine, go do this. Well, um, aside from all the stuff that I've done here, I'm actually a professional event MC, and I've, I feel like I was born on stage. I've been in theater my whole life. And so uh, I, I've utilized that type of angle and that, that, that 
piece of who I am in a variety of situations. I'm an entertainer at heart. I really am. A lot of people know that. Um, and so I'm not a BSer by any means, but I'm an entertainer. And that's, again, what applies a lot to, to that marketing world. And, and, and what also helps is I've got really big eyes, really big ears, and a lot of ambition to follow it. So it was really me just paying attention and seeing at, uh, like looking into other industries because I understand that if I'm going to be an outlier, I got to see who are the unicorns in other areas. What are they doing? And I found some of the best practices. And the way that I stay sharp is I'm constantly looking at these things. So I'm constantly using my big eyes and my big ears to listen to what people are saying, whether it's listening to my customers and seeing what they want so that I can reverse engineer content and co like collateral for my sales team to answer objections before they even happen. Or, you know, partnering with other brands and help getting them up to speed. I have a buddy branding system that I'm relatively, you know, well known for in my speaking engagements where doing a lot of synergistic collaboration. So it really wasn't as much of forgiveness. Um, once you do a, a good thing or two, uh, I've learned in my career the last 12 years, which is I still feel I'm young in it. But when you do a couple of good things and bring some objective data to it, and then you bring a good plan moving forward, um, you know, if it doesn't stand the test of yeah. time or the holes being poked in it, then it's not worth the idea anyway. So anything that you've seen me do successfully has been torn apart, ripped to shreds, battered, beaten, thrown on the ground, chewed up, spit out. And that's what makes it through. So you think about all the cool things that you see. You can only imagine all the crap that we throw out before anybody yeah. even gets a chance to hear about it. Yeah. So, so all the things that you throw out before anybody hears about it. Um, how much how much of like experimentation is part of your marketing process so there had to come a time where you're like you know what I need to be more out there because I'm an entertainer this is like what I'm good at I should do this for our company was was there a was there a testing ground where you said like all right I'm gonna try these five different types of videos and whatever works best I'm gonna move forward with was how much experimentation do you have in your process constant like, like implement, like our implementation strategy is experimental at heart. It always, always is that and everything's from a fractal basis. So we think if we can work smarter, the, the harder part will kind of dwindle in an extent. But if we truly bring it, um, that's going to be a big thing. So with that, we, we utilize the fractal piece often. Um, and so that helps us continue to fuel that experimentation where we're trying, okay, what does this form of this piece of content look on this platform? What can we do with a similar format on a different one? What if we yeah. put it in this form? What if we crop this specific piece out. So everything at its core is, is an experiment, whether and we're constantly changing things, whether our audience notices the subtle changes or not, we are constantly doing things. You know, um, we've had a variety of maybe not not really not I'll say not well thought out but just not the biggest bang if you will when it comes to video pieces or series that we've done, but through that we've been brave, we've been bold, we take calculated risks, keyword calculated risks and calculated experimentation with our marketing and realize that, you know what, we're going to find a lot of ways to not do what, we, what we're going to do. But when we finally find it, it's kind of like, like my light bulb theory. Um, what is it? Thomas Edison didn't fail, you know, 2000 plus times. He just found 2000 ways to not make a light bulb. And that's how we roll. We find 2,000 yeah. plus ways to not do it. And when we find that one way, we become known for it and our customers appreciate it. And we do what we you know, come here to do every single day. And that's make a lot of noise, turn it up to 11. I love it. We've got Henry Ford quotes. We've got Thomas Edison uh, analogies. I like where this is going. Uh, there we go. 
ahead. Oh man, I just uh, I just got myself out of my own question. Um, okay, so here you you're doing a lot of different things. You're bringing you, you know you're turning it up to eleven. You're bringing the you're bringing the energy. You're bringing the passion. What what are you most excited about the future of like marketing? Like what what are some things that you like get you pumped that that you want to do within you know your strategies is it you mentioned TikTok? is it like a platform is it an idea of where the industry is going like what are you most excited about in the future i love that industrial marketing is becoming something that's that's taken very seriously and it's backed by phenomenal human beings aka creators or as other people call them influencers i feel like that is accelerating that curve and just shortening things so much and bringing a, just a significant amount of awareness to the game because people are understanding that wow maybe my white page with my features and benefits and all these old school trade shows like nothing against them i mean i have some things against them but that's for a whole nother conversation <laughs> maybe they're not working like they always did maybe if we really look at this data maybe we can understand this is the way things need to be and and it it helps facilitate a lot of specific decisions and so i'm just excited for the creators being highlighted and a lot of these companies who are smart putting their brands on the backs of these human beings because the creators are being focused on they're being trusted and b2b will always be h to h and that's human to human i'll say that and i'll die on that hill and so when we recognize that, people are connecting more with these human creators than they are the brands themselves. And there's, there's raw data that I could absolutely bring to the party where you'd be like, wow, Eddie, I didn't realize that creator pages got this much more you know, data, this, this much more frequency, reach, impressions, as opposed to standard brand pages alone. And if you're not recognizing that with your social program, then you are a step behind. But I'm most excited to that point to kind of make it positive is that it's being recognized and those who are getting it truly are getting it yeah. and they're are, i feel already ahead of the curve and i just hope those great voices are bold enough to start doing so and don't wait because it could be too late yeah i like what you said there um how do you so you are obviously very active on social you're very uh and you have the data to probably show how successful you are at your reach and probably impressions and probably even like tracking clicks and links back to your website, your, your company website. Um, mm -hmm. What if, are there other people at the company that are doing some of the things that you're doing on LinkedIn or are you the primary person doing that on LinkedIn? I'm social, we'll say social. Not yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm the guy. I, I've made it very clear like, hey, put the brand on my back. I love, I'm synonymous with flex. Um, and, and it's just, uh, it's not a persona. I get to be who I am and it stands out. And my, you know, I got a great leadership team here who believes in me, who gives me the tools that I need to shine my light and turn it up to 11. And I don't come to them unless it's something that I'm passionate about and that I've, you know, very, very much believe will be good for us and everyone involved. And I commend Flex, like not just because, you know, that's my employer, but I commend them so much because there are individuals who want to do what I'm doing, but they're held down by a bunch of gray haired dudes in a boardroom who have little to no understanding about what it is <laughs> they're trying to accomplish. And I'm here to call each and every one of you out. Because if you sit yeah. there and, and, and you, you hold them down, you're going to watch people like me win over quotes from people like you. Yeah, should they? So I think one of the biggest challenges in companies, like forget about, forget about industrial or manufacturing, um, you know, any, any company is 
how do you do you hire people like you that have a passion for this because you can't teach you, you can't force people to want to be good at social i was having a conversation the other day and if you don't like doing social it's really hard to be good at it uh, you can know what to do but there's that level of passion that's not there there's that level of commitment that's not there and so a lot of companies know that they need to be more they their team needs to be more active on social but it's one of those things you can't really force people to be more active on social talking about their brands talking about the industry you know because if you just went up there and said flex 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 all day people mm -hmm. would probably tune you out as oh he just wants to sell me something um, but mm -hmm. you are helping the industry and marketers and things like that and people see that and build trust so how do you what would you say to companies out there that feel like they need this but you can't force your marketer to want to be out there in the public doing this stuff you got to really find your subject matter expert in all reality. And, and if, if you don't have somebody like that, I talked about this honestly recently at the Industrial Marketing Summit, and it was a big thing that people were wondering. It's like, how do I get how do I get buy-in? How do I leverage my, my individuals? And in all reality, like the thing is, you really do have to lean on your, your subject matter experts. Because if, if your expertise is going to be your differentiator aside from price, products, features, benefits, yada, yada, feature those yeah. individuals. Because and, and some and one person was even saying something like, well, what if they – what, what if they don't want to? And my question is, okay, cool. Two questions, actually. Who doesn't like to feel important? Who doesn't like to feel intelligent? Right? Now we're talking basic human desires. And I think if you, you approach it as, you know, these subject matter experts are the experts in their field and there are valuable insights that they can provide individuals. And it's not as if they need to get super bought in and do all this posting. If anything, you can utilize yeah. them and leverage their specific knowledge to your networks and to your community because it's still the same thing. It just matters who's posting it. But the biggest yeah. challenge that I would say is if you can't get someone specifically, I mean, there are some companies out there where they have at least 10 different individuals across their, their uh, company that are always in the comment section of every single post. They're super engaging, and they're really kind of hacking that specific realm. And, and so if you don't have somebody who's good on camera, which is understandable, if you don't have somebody who's good at writing, who's good at speaking, whatever it may be, you need to find those subject matter experts and leverage them in any way that, that you physically can because your brand mm -hmm. and your understanding and the rapport and your authority within these conversations truly depends on it. It really, really does because when features and benefits are really, really close, what's your differentiator? You have to ask yourself that. I can't answer that for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the difference between, um, you know, I'm not saying you guys are exactly like your, your competitors, but I'm sure there's people that make similar or same products. And it's like everyone wants to say their differentiator is, you know, oh, our feature is this or, or how we make it is that. But mm -hmm. in reality, you know, in most cases, it comes down to the people, it comes down to the process, it comes down to the commitment to customer service, to success. Um, I want to I change base, I want to change a little bit. So you talk a lot about data. From, mm -hmm. from somebody who's like you, who's a creator, who's out there uh, utilizing subject matter experts, if it's not already you, how do you measure success with the things that you do? Talk about it, you know, I don't want to know, you know, success is I get this many impressions per post. Um, as a marketing, you know, as director of demand gen, 
you're doing all of these things. How, like, what is what does success mean? Is it we have this many more deals in the pipeline, this much more revenue, this many more people know about us? Like, what is success for you in this like kind of end game? Sure. My big thing from a demand generation standpoint is I want to steal attention. Period. Period. And there are so many ways nowadays that you can track that earned attention. Now, me stealing it is just my vigilante, rebellious way of me feeling <laughs> like I'm going around being sneaky, right? So that's more for me, not for you. But <laughs> that being said, I also know that we're a small, like we say small, we're like a 50 person or less manufacturing facility in the cornfields of Ohio. We're, we're competing against global brands in a lot of cases. And we don't have the ad spend that they will have. We don't. Like, and we, we, may, we may not anytime soon, and that's okay. Yeah. But what I will do is I'll be biting at your ankles and I will steal that attention because when you get nice and fat and lazy, I'm going to be agile, mobile, and hostile. So success for me, uh, we direct that really much, really to the attention that we're getting. And that, that is measured strictly, at least in my eyes, by impressions reach and video content views those are the big things that we focus on now from a social perspective here at flex i actually look over our top five social media accounts or our main five and i look at the top four metrics within each of those individual platforms and then i have a collective annual goal of what i'm trying to reach from each of those main key metrics so i get pretty granular when it comes to the data and people yeah. just think okay it's just likes comments and shares no i'm over here getting nerdy with my socials because we can directly tie those numbers to what we're doing from a standpoint justify ad spend measure cost mm -hmm. per impression and then really start cooking with with grease for lack of a better or uh, phrase um, and do some some real dangerous but good things with our brand so that's how I measure success and though we can get we can get super granular on what my actual numbers and goals are um, uh, that, that that's what really I focus a lot on is is the attention I'm stealing and then the, the KPIs that measure how much attention I've earned yeah I, I think in b2b brands you know mid-market smaller b2b brands including industrial i think social is always like oh, how many likes did we get this month and it's like oh how many people commented and they see you might be a super niche brand and if you get five people are like ah, i don't it's not worth doing anymore um but five quickly turns into eight quickly turns into 15 quickly turns in and keeps growing and i like that you look at it is i've got an annual goal of this is the amount of people i want to reach and so I'm sure you check it monthly, weekly, quarterly, whatever you do. And I'm sure that changes your strategy if you're below your target um, before you, you know, what you're trying to reach. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think enough brands think about it as like an annual strategy versus um, we just need more likes, which is for lack of better terms, just not always, I think the most productive way to think about it. I don't care about likes. I don't care about likes and reacts. Yeah. There, there are seven different reacts. Choose your one. Don't choose it. I don't care. I, yeah. And that, that's, that's coming for me. I'll say it one more time. I yeah. don't care about your reacts. I don't. Um, and that's not me being rude by any means, but from a from an analytical standpoint, it is my duty and function to get this this piece of content in front of as many people as possible. 
And though some individuals would say, you know, likes definitely help that, I'd rather you hop in and leave a comment because you've seen our content for the last couple months, last year, last yeah. two years, or you saw an influencer that we're utilizing, which is a whole nother segment of our strategy that's really helped us crush our goal. Like I set stretch goals for our impressions and our reach this year. And I crushed, we, or we as a team have crushed both of them earlier this month. So awesome. we got a high bar that we're setting already, and it's through all these little strategies that we're utilizing, man. Yeah, that's great. No, and you know, like, yeah, you're. I look at a ton of content on LinkedIn, and I might not engage, but I'm looking at it and I'm remembering yeah. it. And that's like, I think that's what brands forget is just because someone's not reacting, it doesn't mean they're not uh, engage. Like they're not consuming it, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, all right, Eddie, I got one. I got one more question, and just you, you mentioned like you're synonymous with flex. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I think I I think I penciled you in on our like uh, podcast schedule as Eddie Flex, um, because I don't know why I was like <laughs> that's that's his name. Maybe that's like your alter ego, um, Eddie Flex, <laughs> when you're out there. But that's you've funny. done a good job, especially like this. I'm, I'm digging this like orange shirt with the, your ba- your like audio black background. It's a very good. Uh, it's a very good design, <laughs> design element. We, we like. rock and roll, man. Okay, last question for you. And you know, you mentioned that you spent some time in sales. You spent some time as a consultant. Um, what advice would you tell Eddie ten years ago? What would you have to say to him? Two things. One, it's gonna be okay. Don't give up. I promise it's gonna be okay, bro. Because there are many times, many times, I was not convinced it was going to be okay. So that's the big one. And then essentially from that, uh, empathy. You've heard me say it so many times and I will beat it to death. It is, empathy alone has, has got me in more places, presented me more opportunities, deepened more friendships than I could ever imagined in my short 30 years on this planet thus far. Um, that's been the big thing. And any time that I get asked for a final point or what's, what's something you want to drive home, what's one last thing you want to share, just be an empathetic, good human. Um, and I wish I would have started recognizing the power of that earlier. It just took me a while because I was too busy being egotistical. <laughs> um, yeah. like, like a typical, you know, 20 you know, something male who thinks he's got a chip on his shoulder and a couple of dollars in his pocket, but don't give up. Everything's going to be okay. And then just be an empathetic, good human and the road will pave itself. I kind of feel like that needed like a, just a little moment there. That was great. Um, <laughs> you, you've certainly, you've, you're certainly a professional. Uh, I will say that you, you are, you are maybe my uh, favorite guest so far. If all those other guests are listening, don't get jealous. Um, oh, I'm, that's but, so kind uh, of you. But, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining um, and dealing with me with some of the technical issues we had recording this. Hopefully nobody notices, which I don't think they will. Um, where, where, can, what, where can people find you? Where should uh, the listeners find, uh, find Eddie Flex online? You better believe it, man. So uh, I do have a podcast myself, Flex and Friends, where I really I get to interview some of the coolest individuals in manufacturing, the loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders. I'm talking to them. And so that's always a great way. And then my LinkedIn, super active. You can find me, Eddie Saunders Jr. I'll be the weirdo with the hat, with the uh, overly uh, enthusiastic smile. Easy to find me. <laughs> 
Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes as well. But Eddie, thank you so much for joining. Thank you kindly. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Beacons Point, an inbound and content marketing agency with specializing in video and HubSpot. Uh, You can connect with us at beaconspoint.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Uh, You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, And please do us a favor if you can, share this with a friend. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, share it with one friend and help us grow the audience. All right. Thanks, everybody.